0: Sharpen your pencils, adjust your glasses, fill those pocket protectors, because you've never heard nerds like this. Matt and Chris engage
1: in Rampant Speculation.
0: What's up guys, Matt and Chris back again for another fantastically fun week.
1: Yep. That's us, so, I'm Chris. <laughs> Chris, how was your day today? Today? Uh, yeah. Pretty generically
0: mundane. Not too bad. It was some shitty weather, I know that.
1: Oh, yeah. Not as bad as yesterday. My first Or ap- Sunday. <clears throat>
0: My first appointment was supposed to be at like 9 this morning, and I didn't realize there was an hour and 20 minute drive to get to Ottawa from here.
1: Oh, yeah, that
0: Seven highways all under construction, so my day started off like that, and then I'd just been sprinting this entire day to get shit done, and listening to end-of-the-world end scenarios, black holes, Neil deGrasse Tyson, all that good shit.
1: Exciting. End-of-the-world scenarios. Like, scientific end-of-the-world scenarios? Like, super volcano. Like, yeah, uh
0: yeah. And I we call it super scientific. Well, that's not
1: end-of-world. That's end-of-America super well Well, technically
0: it's like end of the world really definitely end of the and definitely end of america so it's the uh i met up with jess yesterday to get all the equipment and we were talking about it a little bit and it's the wyoming Mm -hmm. wyoming yellowstone yellowstone and they were talking about how the crevasse itself is like 30 miles wide yeah and eight miles wide i can't remember how big it is but they're talking about how it's Eventually, going to erupt, and it had erupted um some six hundred thousand years ago. And right now, we're at six hundred forty thousand years, and it could erupt every six hundred to eight hundred thousand years. They don't know specifically. And right. then other videos I watched, I've heard seven hundred thousand years. Are you familiar with that? The Yellowstone super volcano.
1: Um, yeah, I'm familiar with that. I don't know. I'm a hundred percent familiar with it. Like. I gonna give you the details of its exact effects and everything, but I I know of it. I've heard of it and I kinda know it would explode and destroy most of America immediately with it just with the explosion part.
0: So it was saying like um the four states surrounding Wyoming would be covered in three foot of ash. And then Kansas would we would die from pollution pretty much, like the acid fall from all the ash falling down on us, it would kill all the crops and it would pollute our water system and it would just kill us, like inhaling it in general. And then New York would get like a slight dusting. But the problem would be it would be raining ash for like eighteen months, I think is wow. what they said. So it would like rain ash for a long time. And then the actual, you could feel, like, I think the eruption from New York, too. Like, you'd be able to feel, like, the aftershocks of it. Kansas, you'd get, like, a front, like, sitting at the front row of a movie theater. Like, you'd be, like, looking up, like, oh, shit. Like, you'd be able to see it, like, it was, like, right in front of you. Um, but it's cool because, it, it goes through, like, some detailed scientific stuff of it. Like, uh, stuff that Obama was doing. And even before Obama, like, 2003, they uh, really started seeing um, significant increases in, uh, um earthquakes and then also like the water levels and the water temperatures surrounding the that area and then and like at 2016 they detected the earth is like rising the crust on the earth is like rising like 10 it's centimeters bulging. Like, yeah. it's like bulging and then there's also like magma level they can like kind of monitor and that's like increasing too so um, I know Obama like restricted some information um, they're not Obama himself. I mean, it could have came from him, but like that administration had restricted some information on it. And they've also, like, they closed down the park for a couple weeks at one point in time. And I know old faithful, like they didn't show it for a while, like or stopped working or was something weird happened happen with old faithful for a while. Do you know what I'm talking about?
1: No, I haven't heard about that, but that would be lie. It's name.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know. It was something. I'm not sure if it just stopped working or if it was uh, the temperatures, like the water was boiling, like at like the surrounding area. It was something weird like that. But yeah, the actual documentary itself is it's pretty it's pretty intelligent. It it doesn't like take like a, a conspiracy level. It takes like okay, this is scientifically what we can prove. This is how big the crevasse is, and yeah, we're going to be fucked. Not now, but maybe. 20,000 years or 10,000 years so should we worry about it now or just let other civilizations worry about it so uh, I think in 2016 also NASA got involved and what they're trying to do is NASA has a plan to drill into the crevasse and use the heat as energy kind of like Iceland does with their volcanoes mm-hmm. they can drill in and then push water in and then when it evaporates the steam, steam comes out and powers a turbine that turbine gives us energy so it spins a turbine um so that's NASA's, but NASA's plan. But the problem is, if they're off and if they mess up, it would it would cause an eruption itself. So it's kind of like damned if I do, damned if I don't.
1: Yeah, but if it's a super volcano, it would presumably be a lot of uh, a big source of energy. So
0: ten thousand years is what they what they say could power, I think, that surrounding area for ten thousand years. Nice. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. And then. Um, they always were comparing against the older volcanoes that we do know have erupted. Uh, is that Sumatra, or uh, is that the island of Sumatra? Is that, is that sound right?
1: Um, well, I know over is in that Egyptian in or? Indonesia there. There, you had Krakatau, which was that um, erupted like in the 1600s or the 1800s or something like that, and. It, you you could hear the eruption like a thousand miles away or something ridiculous like that, even farther maybe. Yeah. And it caused a global winter.
0: <clears throat> they said this would be, yeah, that that was the end all of end all. Because the global winter would eventually, it wouldn't like destroy human civilization, but it would severely knock us, knock us down a peg. And they're saying like this is like 10,000 times the size of Mount St. Helens.
1: Yeah, that's... That's, that's crazy
0: because we could we actually got ash from Mount St Helens here in Kansas. Yeah, and that's for those of you that may be listening in some other country. Uh, that's what thousand miles away, at least
1: a thousand miles. Yeah,
0: yeah about a thousand miles from here. They could, we still got ash from that itty bitty volcano compared to this one. So I think that's why they're saying that this would be such a huge uh, event event horizon, um, go to so to speak. So I was listening to that and it just fascinates me. Like nature's, nature's a son of a bitch at the end. It's, it's the end all of end all.
1: Yeah. It's pretty intense. That would be, well, and it happens so fast. Like you think about Mount St. Helens, you know, they're, you're getting rumblings and everything for a few weeks. And, but the, because the science is so inexact, they said, Hey, we think it's going to blow. And then it didn't blow for a while. Um, and so people started to question whether it was the information the scientists had was real. And so they weren't taking it very seriously. Um, and then when it, but when it erupted, there's once it erupts, it's too late for you to get out of the way. It's if you're within the kill zone, it's going to kill you.
0: Have you ever seen the movie Dante's peak? Yeah. I love that movie.
1: It's a pretty good movie. Um, I, I think it does a pretty accurate job of explaining some of it. Yeah, though, and most
0: I, of it. I like the scientific part of it, but it also does a good job at like being like, uh, all these people had the signs but they didn't want to believe it. It would it would almost be like what would happen today. Like there would yeah. be signs of Yellowstone, but nobody wants to believe it. Or the government uses those signs to kind of cover up because what are you gonna do? Like at this point in stage it couldn't do anything, so would they even tell us that it right. would blow?
1: Well, I think they'd tell us because they, you from what you were saying um like here in Kansas we'd be getting ash and everything but in terms of immediate kill zone you could evacuate that area but technically
0: um, the whole united states would be doomed it would kill everybody pretty much in the us
1: but but m- most of those other deaths would be uh delayed out over time it wouldn't seven be seven days
0: i think they gave it like in the documentary oh. be like a week we would be able to survive why is that just ash pollution, just as much, just from ash starting to fall. Right. So then, then it'd be like a light dusting. Uh, New York would be a light dusting to start, but I think they're saying as it goes on in that week, it would start to fall pretty rapidly. Like it'd right. be hung up in the. It'd like I guess it, was, it would cause a, a theo, What do you call that? A global, a global warming or a global thermal warming? That's what it would be.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I think. I mean, I'm just if they knew it had some chance of happening. The first step would be, hey, evacuate this area where immediate deaths are. And then they would come up with, because the, the pollution thing, I mean, that I th- that would be assuming that we're just not doing anything. I feel like we would be able to um, import water. I mean, it would certainly demote us from world power status. We would just, uh, we would uh, have, have seen a movie... Them- uh,
0: what was it 2012 or uh the right. after tomorrow where <laughs> no, all that everybody's like cross number to Mexico yeah, and yeah, like we have to be, forgive Mexican debt right. that's how it'd be, be like charge and south but also
1: like yeah it would be we become a nation that would have to spend a lot of money importing vital resources as opposed to having a surplus like right now we don't really have a water problem in the United States and we don't foresee a water problem unlike like South Africa or something um, because we have a lot of natural water, um, and a surplus in fact, so that we don't have to,
0: we ship water. It's pretty yeah. crazy. But like in big bubbles across the ocean, I, I watched a documentary on water and like how much cattle takes up and, yeah. and all that shit. Um, I, I th- another thing they said about the super volcano and the thing that would also kill us is it would cause so many other chain reactions and we would die from that too, like right. Mount St. Helens would explode or again or other oh, other volcanoes causing would, other, volcanoes ca- to all other volcanoes to explode even around the even world. We don't even know
1: what they would be, but...
0: Yeah, it, even around the world would cause other volcanoes to explode, right. and even earthquakes because,
1: like... Yeah, because they would disrupt the the volcano's equilibrium.
0: Yeah, so the, it wouldn't just be this volcano, would be other ones plus earthquakes and and who knows what comes with for earthquakes and you know yeah, all, all the big be... fault lines. So a lot of people would die just from secondary uh, causes of the original volcano exploding.
1: Right. Yeah, there was um, the the a big giant volcanic eruption in India, in the Indian subcontinent area, like around like seventy million years ago that they used to think was the cause of the extinction of the dinosaurs before the asteroid theory came into prominence, it's called the Deccan Flats, I think that's how you pronounce it, D-E-C-C-A-N. Um, but, yeah, it was, it spewed forth a lot, a lot of ash in, into the air, and, and it was something that caught, it was like a lot of volcanoes erupting. Well, um,
0: look at Pompeii. Pompeii just froze people in place.
1: Right. We well, have yeah, from the, from the, from all the ash. Yeah. That, what is that cloud called? Right. It's like a superheated ash that, that flows through. It's got a name. I can't remember what it's called.
0: I don't know. Look it up. I'm not sure, but that's, uh, I didn't like the movie, even though it had Jon Snow in it. Um, but watching it was cool because, you, you kind of got to feel what it would be like in that in that time period or something like that were to happen. And looking back at it, I don't know. It would be kind of nice to see a huge volcano explode just in the, like, holy shit, like, that's something you would never see except for that point in time. But it's also, like, shitty because so many people would die. So uh, watching a simulated version is way better than a real one, but I don't know. Uh, right. If it's like an island somewhere where it's just exploding, I'd I like to see a volcano explode. I think it'd be a cool wonder of nature.
1: Oh, absolutely. It would be. Isn't can't
0: you go to can't you go to like Hawaii and watch volcanoes like watch yeah. lava flow over? Those are the rock? different
1: types of volcanoes than, yeah. the, than the spectacular. They ones. just constantly spew lava. Right, yeah. They're they're what they're over a hot spot in the so that's like a part of the Earth's crust that's um thinner than the rest of the earth and the magma from the mantle Gets up closer, and it can just and it just kind of constantly pushes through, and it and essentially what that um, so these these types of volcanoes only happen in the ocean, obviously, because the crust has to be thinner, and when you have a continent, you've obviously got a lot more crust. So, but it creates these island chains like Hawaii. If you look at it, the big island, uh, Maui is the one with all the giant all the volcanic activity and then and then you have each island in the chain is a little bit smaller and that's because and you go all the way back to the smallest one and that was the first island and it used to be as big as Maui maybe bigger and as the hot spot because the plates are moving, moving. the it's... hot spot moves and huh. so as as it shifted um the where the volcano was erupting moved to and eventually that island died as a volcano and went dormant and then it started getting eroded by the ocean and so it got smaller and so that's why you have those chains that look like that we have so eventually a big the, island get the, into a smaller island
0: the big island now will be eventually the same thing will happen yes it'll die and then it'll get smaller so what how do you so and a in the foreseeable future up. how do you preserve the rock like the people living on the island as it gets smaller like nature I mean, takes over. place
1: over millions of years so um, I don't know that you can preserve it unless you like stop, uh, <laughs> build a,
0: bit of wall for well, the water no, to crash you'd have on. To,
1: you'd have to stop the erosion of the, of the land from the water. I mean, yeah, I, don't I know guess a lot of poured
0: concrete would help with that though, right? Stabilize some of that. I don't
1: know. Maybe I feel like it would still get, I feel like
0: bit. in a million years, uh, we yeah. probably wouldn't even be here, but That'd be the least of the concerns. The technology would be so far advanced that right. that's not even a, there's a, a blip a, on the radar.
1: In, um, I think it's Virginia, but it could, it could be one of the Carolinas. There's a lighthouse that was built right on the edge of the coast, kind of like on this cliff face. And um, the ocean has been slowly eroding at where the lighthouse was or maybe it wasn't a cliff but either way the waves around this lighthouse are very violent and the erosion there is very dramatic and so this lighthouse was it was one of the oldest lighthouses in america and the erosion from the ocean was getting to the point now where the lighthouse was in danger of collapsing um and the residents didn't want to Lose the White House, um, the lighthouse. So they tried all these plans of building the seawall and everything to keep the ocean at bay, and it failed completely and utterly.
0: So nothing worked at all. Nothing it just worked at all. Up Eventually,
1: into the ocean? no. It what they did was they moved the lighthouse, <laughs> and that worked. But um, yeah, it's you can't keep the ocean at bay. These Do are even these use- are t- seismic forces that are happening on the scale of a planet. And we don't really have anything that can control that at this point. in time. Do we
0: even use lighthouses anymore? I don't know. Maybe what is the point of a lighthouse? As for boats, to well, see it. From I the, mean, that from one the, like, was the... like
1: tourist heritage okay. kind of thing.
0: Well, no, I get why but, they moved it, but like the point of that lighthouse probably was so the boats could see it, see land. Yeah, I right? don't
1: think they need. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that was the original point of lighthouses was to signify. They're cool as shit. To, I mean, to, they're they're sweet to go see, yeah.
0: and they're kind of eerie and creepy now. Yeah, yeah. Because most of them are abandoned. Right. Um, no one mans the lighthouse. Yeah, I anymore. don't think
1: we need them anymore at all. Uh, not not for their original purpose to shine light out across the ocean to let you know where land was.
0: I always thought it was uh, – I, I just think it's fascinating that you could have so many forces out. Like Mother Nature is, is, is insane, and you look at the ocean, and we haven't even explored a tenth of the ocean you know, we don't know yeah. what's under, we don't know what's underneath the water. It's like, we haven't been, we were talking about this earlier tonight. We haven't been, but eight miles deep in the earth. We've, that's as far as, that's the farthest we've ever drilled. Yep. Um, The deepest we've ever gone as a man is like 2000 kilometers or something like that. It, or 2000 meters deep. It's, it's something crazy. It's like inside a volcano we have actually like hiked down to. Yeah. Um, so we talk about space and we talk about earth and, Nature's just, it's insane. And, and the super volcano thing, I, I like, I've always liked it. Um, I was watching a documentary on, uh, the lost city, uh, um, and they're finding these lost cities covered under ash. And one of them is in, um, it's on this island and there's this whole city that has waterways and it has plumbing and it has all these things that the, that the Romans had. And it was dated before the Romans and it's in this and it's in like this island that was there was a huge volcano and they're saying it would have been a super volcano at that point in time or not like a, it wouldn't have been like the end all, be all would have been like a lower level super volcano but enough to destroy that civilization and and keep in her bay and they found Egyptian uh trade there too um so they would have had at that point in time they would have uh, it would have been known to the Egyptians it would have been like a center of trade almost and yeah. they, th- they think that they're some people theorize it could be the uh, what's the lost city called again? Atlantis. Atlantis, yeah, because they were so technologically advanced and um, they had aqueducts that ran all the way out to the sea and came back. And aqueducts were a Roman thing, and so it's it's right. it's really interesting on on the the architecture and how they devised their plumbing. Like they had like plumbing where it would run to the aqueduct and run out to the ocean, and they had waterways that would come in and and circle. So it's it's fascinating. Have you heard about that? No, I haven't can't remember, it's on a, it's in, it's over by Egypt, and they would have traded with Egypt for sure.
1: Hmm.
0: Um, Almost like an ancient aliens type thing.
1: <laughs> well, that immediately makes me skeptical. Well, it wasn't like, well, I'm not
0: saying like, not, it wasn't an ancient aliens video, but it was like a, it's like a documentary like that, it was like ancient right. peoples or something, something similar to that.
1: Right. Um. The, the term I was looking for earlier to describe the superheated cloud of ash that comes fr- right after a volcanic eruption is called a pyroclastic flow.
0: That sounds So intense. that's what
1: that's what covered uh Pompeii and froze everyone in place for us to discover all these years later.
0: Now, on Pompeii, it was something that happened in like, how much time, do you remember Does it how much time it took from when the volcano erupted for the ash cloud to get there? It was seconds, right?
1: Yeah, I don't know the exact time. I, I It would be like, probably like within a minute. I'm um, trying to remember because I've been to Pompeii, so it could have been longer. It could have been like five minutes, maybe. I'm trying to re- remember how far away the volcano looked but I I can't remember it well enough to say oh there's no way it could be like this I mean it goes really fast Um, even with five minutes you know that wouldn't be enough time for you to outrun it Um, and as you can see in the Pompeii citizens even getting inside a building wouldn't help you Um, it's pretty devastating
0: so this this um, civilization was in sixteen fifty BC, and that's when it erupted. So that's 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 when they had this this crazy. Uh, what was the name of it? It's called as it Santorini, uh, based off the island of Crete. Is that's in that area? But it's it's insane because they had this this whole system set up of trade and merchandise and it probably would have been like one of the richest cities. Cause it was in such a, I think it was like in the Mediterranean sea or in that area. Um, yeah. And so like it, it, it was such a rich civilization cause it had, it was able to trade with so many different types of, um, world economies at that point And they would have had a substantial, um, power as far as that goes not much of a maybe not much of a military but um definitely like it would have been a, a place of commerce where people like a trading city almost yeah kind of like a kind of like an um in the flatter theory where the antarctic is is a treaty where no countries can go like nobody can lay claim to that to that place it's almost like a central trading post
1: well i can i don't know much about the ancient civ there but the current civilization on santorini is beautiful looking
0: yeah so it's
1: it's it's a bunch of white greek houses with vivid blue roofs roofs um on like cliff faces and stuff it's pretty amazing looking
0: yeah it's it was it's a cool story but um it's amazing what we discover and what we don't discover so i'm just waiting for the next discovery, whether it's space or whether it's it's the deep blue sea, um, there's got to be something yeah. coming soon. I feel I feel like there's a big revelation coming soon.
1: Yeah, who knows? Well, I think we're going to be. It's been a while to Mars, and pretty soon, uh, that could be the big event of our lifetime. So they're making a lot of advance advances in terms of measuring um, big astronomical events. Like, for instance, just the last few years, they uh, confirmed the existence of gravitational waves, which is uh, something predicted by Einstein's General Theory of Relativity. And this is the first time they were able to actually observe that. And so now they've been able to take information on gravitational waves, which are created by like black holes and such. And it's presenting interesting information, Um like one theory about black holes for instance says that um, because there's this thing called the information paradox that Stephen Hawking first brought up about black holes and well there's a central tenet of of physics is that information can never be destroyed however uh, based on what we know about black holes the idea is that if information goes into a black hole um the the current understanding of it
0: is it can't get out
1: yeah the information can't (laughs) get out and it it will never come out in any way that conveys any information about its history but that would violate the tenet of information not getting destroyed so how does that work and one of the theories is 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 like this um thing called that glass the the event horizon is reflective um so even the matter is passing, but like, I, I don't know, it's pretty. I don't quite understand all of it. I'm not going I don't to pretend even like Neil deGrasse Tyson would be able to explain right, it. I was
0: watching a documentary and him trying to explain black holes yesterday, and I was just fascinated by being able to see in the middle of our galaxy, looking at light and everything that why why the, our if you look at our galaxy, the Milky Way galaxy, and it's so bright. And the reason that is so bright is because there's a black hole in the middle of our galaxy, and, and light's just swirling around it, and it's reflecting. It's like shooting light up. And I was also reading about how um, black holes they shoot light particles like out mm-hmm. into the galaxy itself, and it kind of sterilizes the galaxy. It keeps it from growing, and that like is so strong that when it eats and eats and eats. It shoots light out. And so for a long time, we thought, um, we knew our our galaxy, our black hole was dormant. It wasn't doing anything. We've recently discovered, per this documentary with Neil deGrasse Tyson, that our black hole is actually active again. Like, it's slowly becoming active again. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens, how fast it eats, um, and... Because they say black holes are terrible at bringing stuff to- towards them, like into them. They're not good at that at all. But once something gets in past the event horizon, it never gets out again. Right. So it doesn't actually. People might think of it as like a huge vacuum. I think I've seen like cartoons and other things display black holes as like this big vacuum right, in space, right, just sucking it, everything. It in. doesn't work like that. And I thought that well, it's like, we like, we could be within ten miles of black hole and be fine.
1: Right. Well, and one of the reasons for that is because um, you've got. It's same way with the with the way the star a star works in a solar system, um, and orbits and everything. So like as you approaching the black hole, if you're not approaching at the right angle, you're just going to go right past it, and the gravity is going to grab you and slingshot you around, and then shoot you away from it because of the the acceleration forces, you know. And that's the same principles we use with satellites as we or when we were exploring the solar system with like voyager and everything we would send it and it slingsh it would orbit a planet in such a way that when it came back around out of the orbit it would slingshot it so it it would gain speed as it went around and I, well not just with voyager with the with the missions um, to, the, to moon. the moon and yep. everything we would s- send them around and we'd use the acceleration from orbiting the moon to slingshot the to give it the speed it needed to get back to the earth so um, it's the same principle. If you're if you don't come in at the right angle, or if you don't have the right forces acting on you, then you're just going to get slingshotted by the immense gravitational forces of the black hole. But if you have the right one, yeah, you're gone. Isn't
0: it Isn't it funny <laughs> that you have people that can actually think in those terms? Yes. To to know gravitational pull or um, uh, escape velocity and understand escape velocity. Like uh, I listened to the book The Martian. Which I suggest everybody listen yeah, that's to. That's a great book. It's hilarious, and uh, when when Mark Watney's like down there, and he gets he finally gets his ass up out of Mars because Mars has no atmosphere really, or it does, but it's not there. It's not as intense as our uh, right as ours is. And when he's exiting, so he basically just ties a tarp over the front of his uh, front of his right. shuttle and, and launches into space. And I think it's fascinating because the. The Ermies couldn't slow down fast enough to right. go into orbit around Mars. They would just shoot right past Mark Watney. So they like they extended they extended themselves out towards him. And the book and the movie are a little different in how it happens. Right,
1: right. The movie is a little less scientifically accurate.
0: Yeah, yeah. And the book was pretty much very scientifically accurate. Yeah, yeah. But he actually does cut a hole in his suit, right? Which I think is hilarious. Yeah. And it didn't kill him instantly, which I always thought was weird. I always thought space would like kill you like instantly. Yeah, that's the. That's, I guess that's a Hollywood. Well, part it's, of it. it's a
1: popular conception, not just Hollywood. I think it's. So, but yeah, it, it seeped in through a bunch of different meads, including Hollywood. That so idea if, of how you die in if space. It's space
0: is a void, and there's nothing there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's just crazy that you can feel coldness. That
1: uh, well, that's the thing. That's why you don't freeze in space. Um, at least not the way it's described as like a flash freeze, because. Um. Yes. Yeah, space. The void is. There's no heat there at all. It's like completely devoid of heat. But the way um you lose heat is by you transfer heat from yourself to something else that has less heat. But since space is a void, since it has no matter, you can't transfer heat into an empty void. So you don't your heat. There. There. Are, there are little bits of dust, space dust, and everything. That you can transfer your heat to, but it takes a lot longer than it takes you to die.
0: <laughs> what about what about the sun? Like, how hot? So, for example, um, how hot is it around the sun? How, how much does the sun's heat transfer into space? Like, how far out does uh, it
1: go? The, the, the thermal heat from the sun, I don't, it doesn't get very far, I don't think, because, like I said, there's no. Because look at Mars, there's Mars nothing is there to transfer though, right? all the heat that the sun. What's, for, what's before Mars? Is from Venus, the sun is, it goes is, Venus, Venus, Mars, Earth, right? Hmm?
0: It goes Venus, Mars, Earth. Yeah. So, or no, Venus, Earth, Mars. Oh, Venus, Earth, Mars. So Mars mm. is the closest to the sun.
1: No, no, no. Venus is the closest. That's
0: what I meant. That's what I meant.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. You said Venus, Mars, Earth. Like, oh,
0: Earth. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. I got, yeah. I got Earth and Mar- uh, Mars built up. So, how how warm is Venus's? T- uh, I mean, how far is Venus from us? Do you know?
1: Um. No, I can't remember. But I I feel
0: it's it's further than the moon, obviously, so it's oh, gonna yeah, be
1: but I'd say it's it's like uh, maybe halfway from us to the sun or maybe closer than that.
0: So the temperature on Venus has to be out, outrageously It
1: is, but it's not because of how close it is to the Sun. Um, it's because of its its climate. Um, so essentially on Venus you've you've got a runaway greenhouse effect. Um, it's got so much carbon dioxide in its atmosphere that it creates these clouds that trap the the heat from the sunlight. So the sunlight—that's—that's that's the way the sun transfers heat throughout the solar system—is all of those light particles are hitting the surface. It's pretty sweet looking planet. Yeah, uh, and causing it to heat up, and then, but because because what happens is the sunlight will come in and the heat will get trapped uh, it can't bounce back and reflect away so um yeah the the temperature on venus is hot enough to melt metal so
0: the, there's so when the sun so the thermal energy from the sun it doesn't it's not radiating heat it's not hundreds of miles long it's like for us so how do we heat up again from the sun?
1: So the light, the photons this just, this of light, the light,
0: they hit us the charge, light, the tra- and, the, and okay, it causes,
1: gotcha. enter, it, it energizes the atoms that it hits, which causes them to vibrate, which is heat energy. So it's it's just the conversion of a photon to heat energy, essentially. It's
0: fucking mind boggling. Yeah. You look at that and you're like, okay, that is so perfect. The circumstance for that being so perfect to create heat for us to be able to survive,
1: which is why is insane. on a cold day, if it's sunny out and you go get in your car and you roll the windows up, but you don't turn it on, you'll warm up from the sun because you're you're not getting the ambient temperature of the air blowing over your skin, cooling you down to counter effect the warming up effect that the sun is causing, and it's also why even on a hot day being in a car will warm you up even more
0: i'm super hot bodied i get super hot like i'll turn the heater on like full blast for four minutes i'll start to heat up then i'll start sweating and um, i'm a small guy so i shouldn't be sweating but yeah i i get that intensely but it's it's insane to me to be able to think that something so perfect could work to work to that effect so you got the sun sending beams of light that are energizing photons and creating enough friction to create heat. Yeah, that is insane to me.
1: Right? Yeah, it, it is. Um, it, it's it's spitting out so much of those photons. That's why I can do it. It's just
0: so the, the 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 Pluto is it in complete darkness or does the light does the sun the light from no, the sun the reach Pluto? The light from the sun reaches, but Pluto. just barely. Right? Enough, um, not enough, to, enough, to, light not enough up. to not enough to heat it up, though.
1: No, not enough to. Heated up independently. I mean, like Mars. Uh, the Earth, that's kind of those are kind of like two separate things. The sun is probably not enough on its own to heat up any planet beyond relatively close to the sun um, on its own without internal um, forces at work. So, like Mercury. It gets hot enough that it causes, like, um, you know, kind of thermal. It causes the planet to be thermally active. Although some of that is also gravitational forces from being that close to the sun. But um, it's but you know Venus, like I said, what kind of planet is that? Has more to do with that. What kind of planet
0: is Saturn?
1: It's a gas giant.
0: It's a gas giant, just yeah. like Jupiter. Yeah, um, and then it has a total water moon. Titan, right?
1: Yes, it's frozen. Yep,
0: that's crazy. When I was reading uh, Ernest klein who wrote Ready Player One, and his book called Armada, Titan is like an alien planet, like an alien moon, uh, and the aliens actually—spoiler alert—but the aliens actually use Titan to communicate with us because they knew we could reach it, and so uh, okay. during during Armada the guys playing video games didn't really realize they were actually kind of like an Ender's game. They were controlling the actual droids so that they, our government brainwashed us to train us to fight with mm. video games. So like when we actually needed to, the earth needed a call to arms to protect against an alien invasion, we were able to do so because we're so used to playing video games that gotcha. we could actually control the droid, the droid, uh, dro, droids, yeah. um, yeah the drones going over there. So they actually attacked the moon and actually the very ending was pretty good. I liked it. Um, a lot of people didn't like the book. I thought it was fun cause I like space yeah. and I like space, big things that go boom. And I thought the whole idea of like foreign intelligence, like the decisions we made in that book were deciding on whether we deserved to be an interplanetary power or interplanetary being, you know, either the aliens were going to watch us all die and kill each other off or as a global humanity we would come together and overcome our bitter differences and they would teach us how to heal live longer cure cancer do all the things that you know we've been trying to do for ages like they already know it but they've just been waiting for us to decide to prove ourselves so i thought that was really interesting
1: yeah um i just started ready player one so i'm not very i can't i don't know much about it but
0: what chapter are you in
1: um i don't know i he just finished his first day of school
0: oh okay cool I don't notice yeah i love so, that i've read that book eight times yeah it's one of my favorite books now it's really good have you met h yet yes so they went in the basement already they're yeah on, that,
1: the, that was right before his first day of school but uh, you're so you got to meet basically. that douche irock yep you got to meet him and do you like that's, their
0: little Star Wars conversation about the Endorians? Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was yeah, the other I think it's such subtle uh, conversations amongst the characters that it would sound like we would, as a group of friends that we are with me, you, and Jesse and Brant, we would talk like that. And that's, that's, right. that's I think, that's why I like the book so much. Um, the movie, on the other hand, it's good as a standalone, but not as, it's not, a, there's nothing between the book and the movie that I really like at all. Oh, yeah. So the characters actually kind of function a little differently. And which is fine to me. I actually liked the movie. There were some great, great spots in the movie. I wish it was out long enough so I could actually spoil some of those. Right. But man, there were some there were some <laughs> well, we really can, good scenes in there that made me laugh my ass well, off.
1: Well, when I finish the book and then go see the movie, we can... Then now, maybe there podcast. will be enough time about that. We could do a spoiled podcast for that one.
0: I will say this. There's a couple horror movie... Um, Big time references in there that I was not expecting, and I don't know if Ernest Klein maybe wanted to put some of that in the like why he agreed to do some of the things that he did with the movie. If like he, had, how
1: much control does he ha- did he have? I don't it? know. Yeah. See,
0: and I, they opened Monica was telling me that they opened a Ask Reddit thread for him, yeah. and I'm not sure if he ever replied to it or not. Yeah. But uh, he's pretty cool, dude. I, I don't, I just don't know how much control he had. But I, the, some of the things they did would be an Ernest Klein move. I just don't know if like he's like, because the thing is, the book is so simulated. With the Ready Player One is a, a it's a dystopia to where everybody lives in a simulation. Pretty much, they don't actually they they live there. There's such a resource problem on Earth that everybody goes to a place called the. Um, what's it called again, Chris? Uh, oasis the oasis and what it is it's a virtual reality and people do work there they go there every day to go to school like uh the main character goes to school on the oasis and so that's a big driving point in the book and it, it kind of brings reality to how vr is coming into our lives and how we'll interact with it you know we can escape our daily lives but not give much away about the book but it's really good how it does that so that being said, the movie itself can't live in virtual reality or it'd be like an anime movie. So I think they had to change it a little bit to get human interaction instead of, because mm. yeah. in the book, the characters don't really meet. They're all in different areas, you know? Right. In the movie, they're all in Columbus, Ohio. So That's convenient. It is. Con- very convenient.
1: Wasn't he in Oklahoma City in the book?
0: Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. But they put him in Columbus. They put them all in Columbus, Ohio.
1: Why? I wonder why.
0: D- yeah. I mean, it, it makes- seems
1: kind of pointless change, but...
0: It, 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 there's some really good points that he tries to make in the book, as far as race goes, and uh, okay. and and the things go that get lost in the translation. But I think for Spielberg to break into this type of filmmaking, which I think he's trying to do, that's kind of why I got pushed this direction. Yeah. So I mean, hmm. Spielberg movie, dude, it was good. I, I didn't mind it. Yeah. Hey, who who uh who made who directed the third kind?
1: Oh, you that mean was Close a... Encounters of the Third Kind? Yeah. That was Spielberg, Spielberg that right? That was one of his first ones. Okay, yeah. I thought
0: so. I, I, not related to anything they were talking about, but I had like a brain epiphany. I'm like, wait a minute. We, Jesse had mentioned that last time. Like, I, I could have swore that he directed that.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was Steven Spielberg.
0: So another thing I want to talk about while we're talking about space and space invaders and all that good fun stuff. Um, I, when I was listening to this, to this documentary yesterday and Neil deGrasse Tyson was talking about explaining the black hole to us. They did this part and it was hilarious. They took all the, the documentary itself took all like the brilliant minds in the U S and they, every, they did like a cut scene of all of them, try to explain the black hole. And they're all like, uh, yeah, you took this, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. And like, there was so many of that cause like they're trying to explain it in a way that they, their magical minds and how their minds work. Kind of understand it, right. but don't understand it because everything, all mass breaks down. Like, everything breaks down in, in a uh, black hole, and right. it's just, like, this solid, dense area. And, yep. and I like how it went into, like, Event Horizon. And it's like, oh, you see these pretty lights, and you go to the Event Horizon... Then you don't come back because it's impossible to escape that event horizon. But don't worry because you'll see another horizon. But at that point in time, you'll be dead because you will fry yeah. <laughs> instantaneously once you see that other horizon. And, it's, and it boggles my mind to think that you got this black hole. You get sucked into the black hole. You're slowly fading away. And you'll get to a point to where you'll still be alive enough to see, if we had the technology that is, to get into a black hole. You'd probably live long enough to see light go up and come back down. Because it can't escape the black hole. But yeah. then you'd, you'd eventually die right after that. To me, it's like, but where does all that matter go? Like, you, It doesn't
1: you, go anywhere, though. But, well, we don't know, really, because... Doesn't that bog your mind, though? Um, Not as much as the idea of light not being able to escape it. And, um, and getting that much matter into that tiny of a space... That's pretty mind-boggling. Like you can compress because, like, a mass of a black hole is has more mass than a bunch of our suns, right? But you compress it into this how area. Much, how much does a
0: black hole weigh?
1: I mean, it weighs not a good term.
0: <laughs> I know, I, but no, that's what I'm saying though. It's yeah. like you theoretically, can't. It's it's so hard to think about it.
1: Right. I mean, like, I'm waiting for the
0: day where aliens can like, like the movie Paul. Have you seen that movie? um no so okay i think we talked about this once
1: but, i know about it but it's, so like there's so a part where he hand grabs
0: hand like the this really big uh evangelical evangelical woman and he grabs her hand and he shows her like how the world how the universe was created it's like I, I have a feeling like that's gonna happen to us like we're just gonna be like oh here
1: you go and it's like oh shit that all makes that all makes sense hopefully i mean it, they there's a lot of different ways to explain a lot of the different concepts. All of them. The problem with all the metaphors is they're they're relating it to something that is only like it in a few ways and is very different in other ways. So like like gravity, for one, Um, they talk about gravity and and the classic example is, okay, well, you take a sheet and you pull down the center of it and you roll some marbles around it and how and that's like how you know the center is was the center of the gravity well and the ob- the marbles are the matter that's circling around it and you see how they they orbit that center point of gravity and and each marble itself depresses the sheet causing another uh, so it's a it's its own gravity well but the problem with that is it's a two dimensional representation and it's actually you know the then earth is pulling from every single point around it. It's, it's pulling in three dimensions. So it's not like things are coming or approach the gravity well and they go down like the way it looks on a two dimensional representation, like on the sheet where it's there, they start a high and they spiral down into the center of it. It's, it's because on that sheet, there's no other side of the, of the gravity well that's also pulling it to it so it also pulls things up and from the side and all that other stuff so any all these explanations they just don't work i mean when you really think about it
0: what shape is space Uh, yeah Um, how do you how do you know i mean because you see space all around you is this everywhere but is there a point to like you know with the flat earth um you can go to the end right to the end of the earth and look off Is there an end of the space? Like, you're eventually like keep going, keep going. Or space is is space itself a sphere? Like, is it just another sphere among other spheres? Like, this is our space, but there's another space outside this space.
1: Well, there's there's some interesting um, uh, theories about what the shape of the universe is that like allow for it to be to appear as having no. Beginning or end, without actually being infinite in the the way you would think of infinite, which would be like going on forever, so that it'd be self contained. Like right? I, I don't remember it's there's there's a bunch of different models, but the the the, the thing about it that, that here's another example of of what I was talking about earlier with the gravity example. So they create these models of the shape, and that's a good way to think about it. In a certain way, but it creates this perception that the universe then is like this shape sitting in this area of what's well, what's it sitting in what's outside that shape. And what they're saying with these models is like, no, there is no outside of the shape. Like this is just a representation of it that we can observe that makes sense. To try I'm too to help stupid make sense to know of it. It. I'm
0: too stupid to think about that but <laughs> I just to me I think about okay so there's this shape here like there's this table here and then I know what's under the table I know what's above the table but there's a house there's there's other houses outside of this house like like yeah. this house is all space but I know there's something outside this house like kind of like how does anything ever created besides now you know, it to me, there's got to be oh, yeah. an, an, an acute point to where I mean, you could say the Big Bang theory, but there's had to be something before the Big Bang theory. You know, and and they're saying I'm, I'm wondering if it's just it's so weird, it's hard to think about, and I, mm-hmm. it, it hurts my head.
1: It is very hard to think about. Um, yeah, there's there's theories that the universe is cyclical, so like the Big Bang, the end of the universe would be something called the Big Crunch. Uh, essentially everything re-collapses back into a single point and then explodes again in the new big bang and it just cycles like that for eternity so there's no the beginning crunch, though? and there's no end it's just eternal um, well it just like I, there's um, but I think that theory right now is currently not the most popular one but you know that so there's an a theory where there is no before the well there's always a before the big bang but it's the same thing as what's after the big bang so there is no beginning or end and then there's other theories that say yeah there was a beginning but there wasn't anything before it like it's that was just the beginning there's just nothing there it's um and, and that's, that's, that's something that our brains have trouble understanding, but that doesn't make it less true. Um, and then there's other ones that say that like the earth, the universe is like this cascade thing. So like the, you know, you can have universes that like create themselves so, and they create new universes off of it. Uh, there's so many different models. It's it's to me, so, it's it's
0: all fascinating. So yeah. now they we found a galaxy close to ours, Andromedia. Is that is that what it's called? Andromeda. Andromeda. Yeah. Um. And they say we're on a, colli- a collision course with Andromeda.
1: Yeah, in a few hundred million years or something like that.
0: Oh well, I thought. I mean, I was hoping. I was like, man, that's going to happen tomorrow. I'm going to see no, some cool shit no. in the sky. You probably bring... won't survive to see it. But <laughs> I wonder how many. So, how big is Andromeda? It's smaller than our galaxy, right?
1: I can't remember i want to say andromeda is a little bigger than us but i don't really know so, so. i was
0: i was watching it was that that was also on this documentary and it was talking about when it collides with our galaxy like our galaxy would eat it and it would push certain like for example it could destroy our star and our gal and, and our solar system depending on how where it collided yeah by and and it could also like move us closer to the black hole, so time could slow down for us or right. it may affect us in certain ways,
1: like or we may not notice anything too because the, the thing well, the galaxy is, is so big, yeah, the gal- and most of a galaxy is nothing is empty space, just like most of our solar system is empty space. I think I said it on our on the last one, but maybe maybe it was before we but went, we, we were take setting pictures up but of It you it looks could so fit. close together. You can fit if you took all the planets and you put them um, side by side. side. You could fit them between the Earth and the Moon well, because, yeah, because most the, of our solar system is empty space. Yeah, but that I
0: mean that just shows the size of the planets, so
1: But the size of the planets are massive, and they're so far away from each other. I mean, how big is Jupiter?
0: Is it bigger than the Sun? It's not, right? No, no, no. It can't. Not. Nothing can be bigger than the Sun because out. Well,
1: no, that's not true. They're
0: I guess the mass, just, would, there's,
1: mass would make a difference. This, we're not entirely sure, but there are... I mean, yeah, mass-wise, we're not exactly sure what's the critical mass to cause something to turn into a star. But we're also, aside from that, we're not even sure that... like, I th- I want to say this is true, but I could be wrong, but there are some observed gas giants... That are bigger than mass-wise than some observed stars. So, like, there's a fuzzy line. It's it, it takes more than just hitting a certain mass line to turn into a star. It looks like you can turn into a star before, you know, at a smaller mass um, than. What, uh, what, so, so
0: what was okay? What was your so if you look at other stars like if right now if i just look up at the sky every star i see is millions of miles from each other right and that's that's all that's our galaxy everything we're looking up is our galaxy yeah and all those stars are so far apart from each other but they look so close because obviously the perspective and each one of those stars is burning just like our sun right that's why we can see it okay so kicking off to a star wars kind of a tangent so that light coming from those stars that star could technically be dead right now mm-hmm. even though we're seeing it's light because the light is still coming to us right that's theoretically correct right
1: yeah i mean that's by all observable in metrics it's actually absolutely correct we've
0: actually seen stars go supernova before too
1: um yeah we, well we actually only recently saw that like we've never actually observed a supernova when it happened but there was I think one recently that had that we were able to catch by happenstance or maybe I'm thinking of something different maybe I'm thinking of a black hole but of two black holes colliding maybe that's what I'm thinking of anyway as it's forming but yes a supernova yeah um, there could be stars out there that are far enough away that the um, the demise of that star we've not been able to observe it yet But there is – we would have seen the gamma radiation because that travels extremely fast. Um, But it would have been – yeah, a long time ago. So
0: what about like Star Wars? So technically Han Solo could be bouncing around our galaxy and we could never meet Han Solo because he's so far away from us. Is it possible that there could be a whole Star Wars universe inside our galaxy? Over our galaxy too small.
1: Well, not according to the to the um, the. Do the, they travel multiple galaxies the story in Star Wars? of Star Wars? No, they don't. But they are. They do take up pretty much all of the galaxy. Oh,
0: well, that's right, because it's a galaxy far, far away. It's, it's a
1: galactic a, empire. Yeah. Okay. And they say it's a galaxy far, far away. That's right. So. So,
0: so but so by the time we hear about it, that's already been over. Is right. that is that the essence of Star Wars? Correct in the galaxy far far away there's a long long time ago a long long time yeah. ago okay so everything that we hear from star wars is past and and is outdated so ray yes. to even the new stories that we're getting are old stories
1: yep yeah. yeah we'll never catch if we if we stick to this kind of real time unfolding of the story of star wars we will never catch up to present day is it is it possible to get
0: from one galaxy to the next in a human's lifetime even traveling light of speed speed of light light, no, of speed, speed definitely, of
1: light. Uh, traveling the light of speed it's not really possible to get um, across our galaxy in a human lifetime no Because our galaxy's a few hundred light years across I think
0: so that's so in in star Wars that's why they have hyperspace, yes is because like they're able to get across the galaxy
1: right they they have these these hyperspace um like paths or highways or whatever that they've created, um, and yeah, you you enter into the hyperspace, which is like a alternate dimension kind of thing, and allows you to get to the point you're traveling faster. It's it's all very murky science, though. No, so yeah, no, I get it. It's
0: just it's just yeah. fascinating to think about because you're like, damn, our galaxy's huge, and they're yeah. a galactic empire. Um, you know,
1: another way to do it is like in Star Trek. The way they do it, it's called warp. And essentially, the concept is you cannot move that fast, right? You can't travel faster than the speed of light, which is what you would need to be able to travel from star to star. Your body, and it your body would fall apart. Like, right. You can only yeah, pull well, like I mean, nine Gs. Nothing can go faster than the speed of light. So, yeah, you, you would just... Um, aside from the effects of, of you going that fast and running into things and exploding... The you, when you're traveling that fast for you time will stop and the rest of the universe will end around you,
0: <laughs> yep. and
1: then when you come out of light speed, oh the universe is gone. So, um, but what warp speed does is it compresses space. Um, be, th- that's the idea behind it anyway. So there's a lot of empty space between us and the stars, so it just crunches the space between us. And then re expands it behind you. I saw a
0: star I saw a South Park episode where they they had these two guys and one was arguing about time travel. Like it was a Star Wars guy versus a um a Star Trek guy. Yeah, It's, it's fucking hilarious. They send Timmy back in time. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. And uh it's I yeah, it has a lot of similar lines to do with that. But that's it's that's crazy to me to think about warp in space and and shooting through space and traveling through space because here's my other question is we know all these random black holes exist how the hell do they map every single black hole so they don't randomly run into a black hole or they don't or like i know han solo like uh, when luke's giving han shit about going he's like you don't want to bounce too close to a supernova kid like you know how do they map all those supernovas like because technically time is elapsing as they're shooting through space so how do they even know when a supernova is going to happen
1: Yeah no with this yeah that's another one where as uh, they just
0: said it because it sounds cool
1: right uh, like because a supernova is an event it's it's not (laughs) a um, a range it's not like a it's not something that's constantly that's like that's like saying you don't want to it's like the difference between an eruption and a volcano (laughs) you know supernova is an eruption right and it's. Versus a star, which is like a volcano, it's like a thing that's there um, over time versus a thing that happens in one moment of time.
0: So v- Vsauce had a uh, thing; he had a couple good videos. One of the videos was, "What would happen if our Earth, when our if our sun just disappeared and or it just died out or went dormant and without it exploding, yeah, we would just shoot off into space in a straight line, like we we would exit our galaxy because." There would be no gravity to hold us in our galaxy. We would just we would just shoot off in a straight line, either In our a,
1: current our current trajectory. trajectory so you know. Yeah, so
0: our current trajectory, we shoot off, so we could actually stay in our galaxy and just run into the asteroid belt or other right. other shit, or we could shoot off into space and then join another galaxy and right. and fall into circle around another star. Obviously, there's thousands of stars, probably millions of stars in our galaxy. Right,
1: but the thing is, yeah, by the time we got to another star, the Earth would be a cold, frozen, dead. Ball of rock. We're that far well,
0: from another star, another yeah. sun. Yeah. And that crazy thing about you, They're, they seem so close.
1: Well, I mean, even if. Is that, see, that, and that when you, I when mean, you, we're, when you, when you talk about it, would take us longer to get in uh, orbit around another star than we are far from the closest star. So, but you think about this, though.
0: When you talk about that how most of our galaxy is empty space, and you think about stars and you look at that, that makes sense of why they're able to travel around space. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because like, it's like, there's so much void space. Like, you know, we're all this, you can map the stars trajectory because you can see them. But so when you're out in space, so like if you're, if you're spacewalking and you're just kind of out there chilling out and you turn around, can you see other stars in space? Can you can see their light? Is it possible? Or is space yeah. just all dark? It's not all dark, right?
1: I mean, Yeah. I'd have to, well, I know that if you're, depending on where you're at, you would definitely see the stars around you. But I also know that... What's
0: the perspective on that? Does it look like it is like us looking at the night sky? Does it still yeah, see a Yeah, the it would
1: essentially, it'd probably be brighter than that. Um But it also depends on where you are in relation to the earth and the sun and other bodies. Because, like, if you're on the day side of the earth, the glare from the sun... um if you look towards the sun, you wouldn't be able to see the stars in that direction, and if you looked at the earth, the 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 light reflecting off of the earth would cause would wash out the other stars, so you wouldn't really be able to see them that um well, what's your
0: what's your favorite space movie?
1: Oh, well, I mean it's probably Star Wars. <laughs> but uh in terms you mean are you meaning one that's like Accurate,
0: yeah, like sort of like accurate space movie or tries to be accurate, I guess. Right.
1: Well, I think I would definitely go with Interstellar at this point. I mean, it it pretty much knocked it out of the park. I thought it, park. I thought it was really well done and it showed a lot of cool, interesting concepts like time dilation.
0: I'm going to go with Event Horizon.
1: Oh, that's a fun one. I, I did. I do like that one. It's because I don't think it's very accurate though. But well, you, we don't know any though. more accurate than Star Wars. Well, no, we. It's saying all they that did was
0: shoot a. They just shot a, a ship it, into the event. They opened
1: up a portal to hell.
0: Because That's they, not very
1: scientific.
0: <laughs> well, you have to believe in hell first of all. But Right. I'm just saying, like in the aspect of like they actually went into the event horizon and they came out the other side. We don't know if that that could possibly happen. We don't know. We can't explain because yeah. all physics. The crazy thing is all physics, all mathematical equations, they break down inside yeah. the black hole. So technically, we can go in there. And there could be an oasis in there. Yeah. You know, God could yeah, be playing could an be, Atari, you know, he could he yeah, could be playing could, Pong on the Atari down there. You never
1: know. Yeah, theoretically possible. So
0: I was wondering if that was like that to me that would be awesome if I could if we could actually see that and and um it's not awesome because the Event Horizon, you've seen that movie, right? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. hilarious. Sam Nioh, yeah. <laughs> One of the kill scenes is like when they go back and start they start like decoding the message and all of a sudden they see a huge um They say they see this huge seance going on, and the people are like killing each other in demonic ways. And it's actually the gate of hell, is what it is. Yeah. yeah. And at the end, that guy actually takes goes to the event horizon, goes back through through hell with the other character. I thought it was a fascinating concept.
1: Yeah, no, it's a good movie. I think it is a good movie, but I don't think it's very scientifically accurate in the way that Interstellar is. No, no, no. They don't have
0: formulas or anything. They just. It's just a space in, in uh a spaceship in space, pretty much. Right. I think it's it's a great way it's a great horror movie to get people interested. Yeah. But also you just never know, man. That that could be where heaven's at. Right. Yeah. You know, all the
1: answers to but space They and, just had they just picked the wrong black hole. All the answers
0: to space and everything else could be in uh could be in a black hole. Right.
1: If they if only they had gone to the right event horizon, they would have gone to heaven instead of hell.
0: Or the right black hole. Right, yeah. So which one? It's like choose the wrong hole. <laughs> yeah, they
1: chose the wrong one.
0: <laughs> so now every galaxy has a black hole, and that's in that. And you were saying the other day that they, we found a galaxy without a black hole.
1: Yeah, um, and it also doesn't have any dark matter in it. So,
0: what's it look like?
1: Well, it just looks like a regular galaxy does it
0: look like a bright light with just all bright lights on it
1: well it's i i
0: I don't know you know what a bright light is right Did you ever have one Oh a bright light yeah Yeah, like you know you you put them on the blackboard and like you light them up
1: yeah i guess yeah so like just like a
0: cluster of like
1: lights yeah just in a yeah probably probably something like that but uh no yeah it doesn't have uh it kind of it was they were looking at it and it they theorize that it could uh, well a couple different ways it could be like the ejected uh, stars from other galaxies coalescing on their own right now because of dark matter um, a lot of theories about how galaxies form center on the idea of dark matter and the extra mass that that the extra gravity that that provides pulling in all these stars into this orbit but but conversely, the interesting thing is because there are some theories that are saying, well, maybe dark matter doesn't really exist. It's just that we have a bad model of physics, right? And so that's why there's this empty spot that says, oh, what is that, that we in, that's what dark matter is. It's just a dark place. Matter. We, we put this number in the equation to make the rest of the equation work. And, <laughs> and so that seems like cheating, right? Um, and so a lot of people are like, well, maybe we just have a bad theory of physics. So it's interesting that we found that the interesting thing is that we found this galaxy that actually works without having all that dark matter in it. And in a funny way, that kind of proves that dark matter is really there because if, 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 if we just had a flawed understanding of physics, then there wouldn't be any galaxy that worked without dark matter because dark matter would be everywhere. It's, it's, it, because it's a flaw in our understanding, so this it doesn't exactly prove that dark matter exists, but it's a blow to the idea that dark we're, matter we're is an imaginary thing. Yeah. So.
0: No, I think it is, and I think I said this the other day. There's there's some of the smartest people in the world trying to catch it. Yeah. Like putting tests down there, trying to figure it out, and and I think it, the other name for it is antimatter.
1: No, antimatter is different.
0: Is it? Yeah, um, I thought they were one and the same.
1: So, no, no antimatter well, I'm not gonna be able to I'm too dumb to explain understand it, it now, very well but-, but but essentially, like when you take antimatter and you put it together with matter, it causes like a big reaction, but and there and at the beginning of the universe, matter and antimatter were like in equal amounts, and that's so it's like so and they're comp- competing with each other for. So dominance. God is
0: matter, and the devil's antimatter.
1: Well, I mean,
0: <laughs> or or God is Zeus, and the the devil uh, and uh, Hades, or what's the uh, what's yeah. Hades is uh, is antimatter. That's why we is that. That's why we always have the depiction of good and evil. It's just kind of inherent.
1: I that's a theory. It certainly <laughs> is inherent in our bones. <laughs> it's so in the, the very very molecules right. of, yep. of the universe. But um, yeah, that, that it's. I'm not very familiar with antimatter, but I do know that it's different than dark matter. This is something that's, um, that that has to do with the creation of the universe. It's, it's like a, we could be an antimatter universe instead of a matter universe. How would we know? Well, I mean, antimatter is just we we I, I'm, would. I know, because... I was joking. Yeah, but <laughs> no.
0: Um, so I think that you look at all these theories and the the postulations on everything, and in my mind—I could sit there at night and just think about it for all night. Oh yeah, it's
1: well, it's. I mean. It's boggling the smartest minds that we have, so yeah.
0: And I, I always wonder, I'm <laughs> like, am I just an idiot that just thinks no. about these things? Or people uh, to me, it seems like today's society nobody wants to think about it,
1: yeah. and
0: uh, that's why I like SpaceX or Elon Musk, and and guys are trying mm-hmm. to push the envelope a little bit to kind of show everybody one that we can finally prove hopefully eventually i'm I'm hoping one day we can prove the Earth isn't flat now i'm i'm'm I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, that day may come soon um maybe we'll get a good picture of uh Saturn or Jupiter um I'm joking actually <laughs> I didn't know this until I was watching this documentary um uh, and Neil deGrasse Tyson was explaining like, oh yeah, look at the star and you can see the wavelengths off this star over here and oh we can we can actually see how big this star is and then they started measuring how big black holes were, and they yeah. were trying to see is our is our black hole in our galaxy bigger compared to other galaxies and what we come to find out is no we're we're a smaller black hole and also that black holes really aren't that big and they're they're very kind of stagnant and then all of a sudden you see our black hole in the middle of our galaxy and it's huge and it's monstrous because it's been eating things for billions of years right and it it's insane to think about
1: yeah it is i mean all of this stuff it's just They're they're very difficult to understand concepts. It's so when you're looking at it through a telescope, how much time is passing? I mean the normal amount of time. Well, well, I mean for like (laughs) so in terms of how far back it depends on how far away the star is. No, Uh, so
0: the center of our galaxy. Yeah. Like when they're like say Hubble's looking at it and they can see to the center of our galaxy and before they can only see the dust around it and it was kind of obscuring. Yeah. They, they actually we didn't know it was a black hole. We had theorized that's what it was, but we we found that out recently. It wasn't until recently that we figured that out and because we finally were able to get through with infrared light, we were able to get through the dust particles that surrounded that was like kind of mirroring all the light that was going around it. We finally were able to get through that dust and see that there yeah, there's a black hole there. But the relay back to us on time, like what's happening I wonder what's happening there right now like because how many years have passed since that light made it to earth?
1: Probably well um a hundred or fifty to a hundred thousand years.
0: Isn't that crazy?
1: That is very crazy.
0: So you think about aliens, right? And people talk about have aliens visited Earth and you think about that, like if they came from the middle of our galaxy, it'd be a hundred thousand years at the travel of light. The speed of light would be a hundred thousand years. Well,
1: but for them traveling at the speed of light it would be instantaneous.
0: For them, yes.
1: But for us, yes. From the time they left to the time that they arrived, 100,000 years, years would have elapsed. So say they like, would oh, holy shit,
0: Earth over there. Let's go over there. Like yeah. We'd be dead. Like we killed ourselves all the time they got Yeah, here. they get here and they're like, <laughs> wait, whoa,
1: there was a bustling civilization that was about to discover interstellar <laughs> flight. <laughs> yeah. What happened to them? <laughs> See that would be a good
0: movie idea on the other side. Like hit, like other we somebody finally finds that, like, hey, we're out there. Yeah. And it's like other humanoid people, like people just like us yeah. finally find other humans and, and we're gonna explain everything to us and then by the time they get here we fucking nuked each other. Like we're that yeah. planet. <laughs> we're we're the, we're that family that can never get along and they just end up destroying each other. It's like that <laughs> it's like watching that movie where you're just the whole time like, Come on, dude, just don't do it, man. You're gonna you're gonna kill you. Like that one decision that he made at the beginning of the movie and like Crash or um, yeah. some of those other movies that are like that, like that one decision that's made comes back to the very end of the movie, and it's like, oh, shit, I never right. saw that coming. I have a feeling it's gonna happen to us, like, we're we're gonna be there, like, somebody's coming on, they're on the way right now. Yeah, like aliens left like 99,000 years ago, we got a thousand years left, you know. Yeah. And, and I don't know, with all of Donald Trump's and stuff in the world, I don't know if we're gonna make it another thousand years. Right. Like, <laughs> so uh, like they're they the like the first nuke goes up and like the plane starts coming through the atmosphere. It's like starting to enter space, and they see the nuke come up. They're like, oh, shit, this was a bad idea. Yeah, <laughs> they <just> turn around. <laughs> I was always wondering if that was going to happen.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> we'll see. I mean, we're at a critical point. I've, I feel like, but we'll see with the way the world keeps going. But I feel like we, we had the best are near the best possible circumstances for the discovery of nuclear weapons that you could hope for to be able to survive it as a civilization because it came at the tail end of a world war, not at the beginning of a world war, but at the tail end of it. So um, it wasn't like something that the, the incentive to use it once it was used, the quote-unquote war was over. It wasn't like, oh, we need to keep using it and it didn't build a, them as much as possible.
0: It wasn't like the gun. Right. It did become at like the gun where it was uh, uh, common nature right. to use well,
1: it. And, and so so it happened at the end of a war, so it limited how many times it was used initially before we fully appreciated its power. And then there was this period of time when only one country had it and that country had enough of a it had enough in its dna of outlook on how to approach the world to not use it at every opportunity to assert its power over everyone now that's not to say that the us didn't make mistakes in that regard but i'm just saying there is an it was enough in our character to be anti-imperialist that we didn't immediately try to use it to conquer the planet the way like Germany under Hitler would have done or, you know, the way Rome would have done or something. We were very judicious in its use while we had a monopoly. And then by the time we lost that monopoly, um, we had developed a greater appreciation of its effects, which... Made a policy like MAD, mutually assured destruction, work because the Soviets had to appreciate that both sides had to appreciate that this would destroy all life, and so what were the what was the couple's So that's what prevented it from even being used.
0: What were The Ros- after what, that, what Rosenstein? What were the uh, what were the name of that couple that got uh, executed for treason?
1: Oh, uh, Rosenberg? Rosenbergs,
0: yeah. They, they're the ones that sold the secrets, right? The scientists yeah. that gave the secrets to the Russians.
1: Like they got, yeah, executed for treason. But yeah, I mean, i it's, it's a very unique set of circumstances that allowed uh, that the, the first... last century to go by without a nuclear war erupting. And we'll see if it continues um, as more and more countries get nuclear capabilities like North Korean stuff. Um, we'll well that's see not if this happen. sort of detente can continue and we can refrain from killing ourselves it did seem like if you rewind the clock 10 years it did seem like we had already pre- passed that danger threshold but um, doesn't Trump uh, meet with Kim jong-un soon yeah I don't know the exact details it's this but, month but though I know it's he's that's a big uh, change in things so yeah, he's gonna get he's, gonna denuc- Hopefully he's something gonna good
0: he's get denuclearized yeah. Korea. And then uh, he's going to push – his. he's going to get back home and just like on any kind of sitcom, he's like, this is going to be the perfect ending to my TV show. He's going to push the button. <laughs> Not like there's an actual button. I like that they say buttons and there's no actual button to be pushed. It's like Trump controls the plane that's going to drop the nuke. He's just going to push a button the nuke's going to drop. Again, just, <laughs> I, I think Trump imagined there being a red button on a wall that you could like walk up and push. Like he probably thought that that's how nuclear weapons worked. Like,
1: right, or on his desk or something, like a little, you know, it's spa- cover popped up and,
0: you know, his Spaceballs, like where he falls back in his helmet, hits the self-destruct button. <laughs> right. And that's, that's kind of why I think Trump, like Trump watched Spaceballs and figured like, ooh, mutually destruction. Perfect. No. <laughs>
1: yeah. I, Trump, t- Trump would definitely be president screw in that situation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, like in, so in
0: Spaceballs, like, uh, when they're out on that, I forgot. Spaceballs is a great is a great uh, space movie. When they're getting when they do because they do canned air, yeah. which <laughs> I think is hilarious. Because yeah. like,
1: air, they're making fun of <laughs> bottled water. Yeah.
0: yeah, President Scrooge salute. And then, um, but when they're on Spaceballs, like, is is it on a planet? Like it's Earth. It's, like when you look at it, it's because you see space and then like you see like, the little space orbs and stuff. Like it's a weird planet that they're on.
1: Yeah, it's like fully. I think the idea is it's completely—they've instead of preserving the natural environment, it's completely built over every square inch of the planet. Okay, I think is the idea, and that's why they need air because they don't have a—they don't have any trees or anything. Right, they don't have any sort of preserved environment.
0: What was it? What was the code
1: to air shield? One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, that's something some idiot put on his luggage. Hopefully, that's not our nuclear codes. No. <laughs> well, bet. that's another thing. Is like, yeah. I mean, people, this is one thing that I've always been like, whenever I think, oh, maybe I could be president, this this is the thing that I think, well, I couldn't do that. You have to memorize like this really long, ridiculous, randomized number. That's the launch activation. Like you have to memorize it so that when it's time to launch a code, you can enter this code and that gives, that's your, you know, um, uh, there's no way Donald Trump and, is
0: memorizing a long code. Well, it's not yeah, possible. Well, yeah, I
1: thought about it because well, the way it's presented, it's like you get inaugurated, you go in this room and they're like, all right, here's your code. You have five minutes to memorize it and then we burn it and you, there's no access to it, so you have to remember it. That's the way it's presented. I don't know if that's true, <laughs> but that seems unrealistic to me because I know if that was me, I would not remember it. I would have to be entering that code like every single day multiple times a day for like three months before I remembered it. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I'm good at memorizing stuff. Some like, people when are. I got, but when I got my first, it seems uh, an odd qualification. When I got my president.
0: first, when I got my first, when I got my new phone for work, um, I had it memorized 20 minutes, you know, easy. Yeah. It was easy. But well, that number is easy to memorize. Right. Even before that. Um, but no, I always wondered, I never knew about that, that you had to memorize a code. Like how long is the launch code? How many numbers is it? I don't remember,
1: but my guess would be sixteen digits. Oh,
0: I can't remember that easy.
1: But if it, but if it's randomized, yeah. So yeah. it's just it's like we four have a, ca- a C two seven nine.
0: Yeah, we have accounts that I can that I can remember and stuff. So yeah. Uh, yeah, but
1: those all have organization to them, don't they? Isn't it something like, you know, this? Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I mean, it's it's not random digits. I don't you know if knowing like this a nuclear then-
0: codes if it would like help me remember it because yeah. I'm like, I probably should memorize this. Right, Like it would give you like that adrenaline to remember it. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I mean,
1: mem- I, I can see it because like people can memorize their credit card number, right? Yeah, I do. I'm not know. saying it's impossible. I'm just saying it's a hard, it's a harder to memorize than like what your normal password is. I
0: got my credit card memorized and, and the, in the back.
1: And the other thing is you don't, at least the way it's presented, you don't have a way to reference it over and over again, you have one moment to memorize it, and then it's gone. So, so what happens if it? I'm sure there's somebody. I don't know to that that's it. true. By the way, I, there's got to be a backup. That's what system. I heard. because doesn't
0: the, the vice president has to know nuclear code, right?
1: I think yeah. They, I think the vice. There's got to be
0: a line of succession. There, there, I don't know because details, say the president dies, who has nuclear code then if they destroy it?
1: Well, whatever the process is for when the new president's sworn in to generate a new code. So, but
0: what I'm saying is so say like Trump gets shot in the head or yeah. Trump, not that we're shooting Trump in the head. Just right. Then they would there. generate um, a
1: new code, give it to. But that's Pence. what I'm saying. So who's or the, he who is might, might the that...
0: asshole in, in charge of generating the new code? That's the guy you got to worry about. Because right, like right. Trump's like getting ready to push the button and enter the code and the guy just generates a new one. It's like sucker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So technically could never be a, a nuclear war with us because whoever generates a new code could maybe just change it.
1: Yep. He could just keep changing it. That's a, seems like it would be a problem. There's got to be, I know that they have spent a lot of time thinking about this. In fact, I mean, a lot of people make the argument that the current nature of our presidency, like people bemoan how much power the presidency's gotten and how much, and it's way more than it was ever intended to have. There's an argument to make, to be made that it's less That's powerful. a result of the of nuclear weapons, because when we created these things and we had the race with the Soviets, and it created this idea that we need somebody to respond immediately, without congressional oversight within the time that that would take, because you know the the missiles from Russia they get here in you know thirty minutes. That's not enough time to call together Congress and have them have a debate. pass a yeah. declaration of war. So. We created these powers of war for the, that the president, that allowed the president to act unilaterally. And it created this public perception of the president as kind of like a dictator type figure. Um, in the sense that he has absolute, he has the power and more like powers of war that kind of go unchecked by Congress. And that's led to things like, um, you know, we have currently, we have lots of rules of engagement where we can, The U.S. can go engage militarily with other countries, and as long as the engagement's over within like a certain time frame, it's legal. It doesn't have you don't have to declare war. And then also, it's led to the things like the um, the war on terror, which gave the president pretty much carte blanche Blanche to to attack anyone.
0: Well, my issue is how do you define? How do you legally define terrorism? Because my issue with that is if you if you legislate terror, you can really consider anybody a terrorist. If you look yeah. at the Patriot and my problem with the Patriot Act was Same like you, you can consider jaywalking a terrorist act if you really wanted to. And I didn't like that legislative power. When I was doing criminology and we were actually when I was that was right when the uh, we were really getting into the bones of uh the Patriot Act and, and yeah. all that fun stuff and um, it was really interesting. It, it for some reason, even though it was signed in pretty early on, um, right in oh oh five oh six area is when it really started getting scrutinized because I think that was like the end of the first term of the presidency for for Bush, and I think a lot of people wanted to with the uh,
1: well, it it's mainly has to do with the fact that um I think because they signed in right after nine eleven, and I think for two. Three years after that, it was kind of immune from criticism because people were still living so in the fear. Yep. But by the time by two, that 2005 rolled around, we had invaded Iraq, not found weapons of mass destruction, and people had started getting angry at the Bush administration.
0: We've already, we had already and left we had, Afghanistan, And too. we had
1: just re-elected Bush. But now it was like a year later. The Iraq War had gone worse. And so now people... Now, if you criticize the Patriot Act, you weren't immediately considered to be an anti-Patriot terrorist, evil enemy person. So it allowed for people to criticize it publicly without getting branded a traitor by Ann Coulter or something. So. (laughs) Well, she's a, that's
0: a special cookie. Um, no, I, I, I studied that a lot and we said that was that was fun for me actually diving into the different sections of the patriot act and and the whole andrew snowden thing and how uh government spying was going on and how they're collecting our metadata all that is fascinating and to me looking back at college now i've been out this is my today It's 2018 so next month in may 2018 would be my 10th year out of college I would have graduated ten years ago looking looking back and how I thought we were going to be in ten years. it's gotten to me a little bit worse because now we have all these traffic ways for the government to collect metadata, metadata even mm-hmm. though we were discussing it back in two thousand and five about how bad the Patriot Act was, what kind of national security it caused you know how these the different um departments weren't the CIA wasn't talking to the nsa you know the nSA wasn't talking to the Department of Homeland Security there's all these issues that are going on and now we're looking at it and we got something like Trump and president and how dysfunctional like his, whether Trump fans, whether call it, like Jesse, whether he wants to call the cabinet dysfunctional or not, there's some serious issues going on to where the amount of information going somewhere, like who's monitoring that to me. It's like, who's actually protecting um, American civil rights right now. That's, what's kind of scary Mm-hmm. Whether Trump Lizzie, yeah. he's a populist, but still, populists don't act, actually see what's going on in the back and the back. And, you know, and I was more scared of Obama a little bit because Obama was smarter in, in certain ways. That, like he could, he's not like he was going to take over America type of Obama. But um, I always hear those conspiracy theories that said Obama's going to run for uh, another term. Did you ever hear those? Yeah. Like he's going to enact Ridiculous. war powers. Yeah. I, I'm like, Obama doesn't want to be there another term. Let's get that out there. But
1: yeah, I haven't heard any retractions from people who thought that yet so. <laughs> oh jesse um but <laughs> <laughs> no, no jesse wasn't that extreme i know
0: i know but i guess
1: i'll give him that
0: <laughs> but no i was i look at it and it's like man it's the that's the next big thing in america it's going to be student loans And it's going to be the collection of data and what we're doing with it. Yeah.
1: Well, and like you're saying, you go back to when they passed it and a lot of the methods that they're using now, I mean, it allowed a lot of, you know, the internet was in so much more of an infancy, uh, texting and cell phones were not in good use. Cloud data didn't exist yet. So, It's, you know, they passed it in a different time. They wanted to open up, um, they wanted to free restrictions on how to access other types of data um, that at the time had a lot more rules on them, but were also themselves fairly limited ways to gather information. But because they weren't very good about predicting the future, as most humans are not good at that, they didn't foresee and you know maybe they would have done it anyway but they didn't foresee that we'd move into a world where you could gather this much information well and since they got rid of those safeguards it allowed them to just move on that right away because and immediately establish a paradigm where they collected all of that information well if you look back at the, the presidencies
0: world. and everything you look at back at the tv with nixon and there was was the radio with nixon and tv was with no, no TV, tv was nixon tv was nixon radio was, was um uh, the radio was who was shot and killed McKinley. Uh, yep, and then you look Disney at well. uh, you look at now Trump is Twitter. Obama was Facebook. You know, you look at because Facebook didn't even exist until 2005, 2006. When I was in when I was in college, it really started coming out. Right. And You look at all these different social media platforms. To me, that's that's fascinating because they would have never known. And I could, I grant them that. I mean. I think they could forecast to a certain degree, but they're not going to know. Like this kid from private college is going to invent Facebook, and Facebook's going to take over the world, and the Russians are going to use President Trump to um, uh, exploit voters on Facebook. You know that that those things weren't even comfortable So could, we didn't even expect this election that Facebook could actually create an issue in our election that well that wasn't i would not i never would have thought that so you think about now what's going to happen in 20 years from now what's what's going to be the next big thing that we're going to have to worry about as far as cyber attacks you know uh,
1: yeah it's well and that's the other thing is yeah we've done a very poor job the government has with developing a cyber security work um force and a lot of that has to do with we have all these drug rules and a lot of the best uh, programmers are druggies, kind of, <laughs> you know, like big marijuana users or something. And so they have to, they have to get tested and well, every time they fail, they get fired, which means that we don't get the best and the brightest working for the government and cybersecurity. Um, I mean, I think that's probably going to change pretty soon because programming is obviously the job of the future and we need more and more programmers so more and more people are going to be dedicating a lot of their lives to it which means you're going to have more people who don't aren't interested in drugs at all who will devote enough time to it to be extremely good at it
0: i do like your idea of uh these programmers creating earth type yeah. idea that you had like that's, right. that's what's gonna happen like well, eventually the, eventually we're gonna get to a point at, at our being level or maybe this has already happened in the past we haven't just realized it yet um that's why i plugged the first time on our first episode of the podcast i talked to be off to be the wizard and that's kind of what it is like the earth is a simulation it's a program and right. they can they can manipulate the program like eventually the idea that's is, gonna happen
1: yeah the idea is if it's possible to simulate the universe in a computer like just accept that premise that eventually we will have the technology where we can run a simulation of the actual universe. Um, then if that's possible, then the most likely case is that we are living in a simulation because you would have your base reality, which runs the first simulation, right? And then in that simulation, if it's an accurate simulation, they would reach a point where they could run a simulation. And you that goes all the way down infinitely. So that means that there's like infinite number of simulated worlds and one real world. So what are the chances that we're living in the one real world,
0: right? So what happens when we die then? Well Do we actually die or do we just get re-simulated?
1: No, if, if, if it's a simulated universe, then... There's definitely no afterlife and there's definitely no reincarnation. Your 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 sequence of coding ends and then – and that's it. It's not
0: – Well, that sucks. So is the a real, real world? Those guys live forever then?
1: Oh, who knows about the real world because that's the real world. <laughs> Unless we're <laughs> the real world. We could be the real world. It's just we could be really lucky. I, I mean there's lots of – criticisms of it and everything but the essential idea is that if it's possible to simulate a world that would look like ours if that is ever actually possible then then the most likely scenario is we're living in a simulated world because there are going to be way more simulated worlds so than real ones
0: you know what the heaven is right the way we can do that we can preserve our consciousness and just download ourselves into that simulated oh yeah world. so like
1: maybe the simulation Keeps a copy of every, consci- uh, every conscious being. So we and never. That's actually, our
0: soul. So we never actually die. We right. just keep re-simulating. And like, if the
1: universe is coded a certain way, so it could be like if you believe in God, then your your and, code goes to the heaven <laughs> program. And if you believe in if you so don't believe in God, then you've your seen soul. Black Mirror soul goes to the hell program. Yeah. The, the San Junipero. I love episode, That's, that's my favorite. Episode. That's probably
0: one of my favorite episodes. Yeah. like, can we create that please? Yeah. That'd be, pe- that'd be heaven. Land, earth. There'd be so many assisted suicides though, if that were true. Oh
1: yeah. So I mean, it, I mean they talk about it kind of in there about people. But here's who, the problem. Like suicide.
0: all those conscious, consciousnesses are, are stored on server. Well, How's it that building bird down? I well, guess you would just go out and lie. You would never know. I mean, you right. Just, well,
1: I mean, it would only work as long as there is a civilization around to keep it running. Yeah. but. It, they do talk about the assisted suicide thing a little bit in the show cuz they say, they say that well it's not entirely assisted suicide but basically you are you have limited access to it until you actually die because they don't want people to become you know addicted to living there and, and prefer it over actual reality yeah so you're only allowed a certain amount of time there until you're until you actually die yeah they
0: they time them. like it's like a week like I'll see you next week cuz it was I was really confused
1: Well, I think they only get a day the people who are still alive cuz like in the in that episode No, I
0: mean like they get one day a week. Yeah, they get yeah, one day a they week. Had, yeah, like a week later they come back. I was really confused on what the hell was going on. Cause right. Like, oh, I'll see you next week. Well, that's next what next I love about the
1: episode is it creates all these weird things and then and you and you're trying to piece it together, and then at the end it all comes together and it's aligned well, perfectly. And they
0: kept going back. Like I was so that makes sense. I was weirded out by it because I, all of a sudden they're back and they're back in the real world, and then you don't go back to the world till like kind of midway through the right. episode. Like she's running around looking for the girl, right. and you're like, man, this is a really weird. Like maybe Black Mirror is like this like a futuristic place, and then then, then you realize like, oh shit this is actually a simulation. Like, she's a paraplegic. And right, yeah. You I,
1: think, like, maybe the older woman, it's like, that's the end of her life and she's, like, having flashbacks to yep. when she was younger kind of thing. Yeah, it's um, it's pretty interesting.
0: That's cool because they get to live on for affinity like that, you know, and always happy. yeah. Because they can't get hurt. They can't die. Like, nothing can happen to them. I mean... Um, they, well, they, they
1: can die. Not only if they choose to... Be deleted. go offline or something like yeah. they can choose to be deleted because they, they talked about that a little bit they re- made a reference at the beginning and you don't understand what that reference means until the very end but like because they're talking about guys like that one guy who keeps hitting on her at the beginning and she's like ah oh, leave me alone but he's like i'm in love with you right yeah but like he what he did is he just like immersed himself completely in the simulation and did every debauched thing that you could think of, and there's also that one room where they do crazy stuff, right? Yeah. That they like, don't go there. That's too much. But the reason they're doing it is because they they're getting bored because it's the same thing every, you know, and so they start going to these extremes to try to generate new newness, and then some people don't like it, and they can I can't remember what they call it. Go offline or something like that. Yeah, but they
0: don't age. They can't. You can't drive off a cliff right. and die. Like right. you can swim. Right. You know, you can swim in But think
1: about what that actually. I mean, like eternity. Like, wouldn't that be mind-numbingly boring? Unless you with somebody you loved. Yeah, I mean, but let's. But say you go through every possible experience there is to have. You experience everything. And then you do it all again, and then you do it all again, and then you do it all again. But is Like, that, at what point is this like, well, I've well, done everything gonna be, there is...
0: Heaven's going to be that way, eventually.
1: Well, heaven is different in the sense that... Well, I mean, it depends on who you talk to, but a lot of ideas of heaven involve a transformation of yourself because you become spiritual and also you become one with God. So... The way I've so interpreted is no that is that you kind of like lose this this sense of self con- self and consciousness that you have while you're alive, and you become part of a larger whole. And eternity, living forever, it, it's it's less. It doesn't have that. It doesn't have the kind of repetitiveness that it, it would seem like it has.
0: Well, that's boring within
1: our consciousness. Well, it seems boring from the outside, but. But I'm saying, like, within it, it may not seem boring to... See, I uh, was hoping,
0: like, heaven's like you get to go up, and then you can, like, sprint through galaxies. You get to fight battles (laughs) with, like, other galaxies. I mean,
1: that is the way a lot of people think of heaven. But if you do that kind of stuff, if you do that, you're going to run out of things to do.
0: Yeah, but then you got God. What about Him? I'm sure He can create other things that we can't even think of.
1: Sure, but then you run... But you do those things...
0: Yeah, but there's an infinite amount of things to do in the universe, right?
1: Kind of, maybe. I mean, <laughs> so like,
0: like running out. But of the,
1: but at what point is there? There might be an amount of. I think eternity, discrete events to do, but is there an infinite variety of events? So yes, there might be an infinite number of planets, but is there an infinite variety of planets? And by in, and I, and there is in one sense, but I don't. But like. You've seen one barren rocky planet, you've seen them all. Like, there's like nothing being,
0: being a vampire. Would you want to be a vampire and live forever?
1: Right? It, uh, a lot would. of people I mean... would say no. I personally, at the very least, I would want to see <laughs> if I got bored. Um, yeah. so I would say, Yes, let me, I'm really good. Let's at self- try out eternity and see if it works. And if it doesn't work, well, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But uh, I'm
0: really good at self-entertaining myself.
1: Yeah. I I know that right now there is way more things to do than I could possibly do in my own lifetime. So I know for a while at least I wouldn't get bored. And then when you get bored, you get bored. Like
0: just – you know what I mean? But at least you get to live – to me, at least you get to experience – because right now it doesn't seem like you get to experience enough of life or what life has to offer. So to me, at least you get to have that experience. But we're running over a little bit over time here. Um, well,
1: hold on. I've got a song lyric um, I want to bring up that is germane to this. It's by um, uh, this guy called Jason Isbell. Um, and the song is called If We Were Vampires. And um, it has this really good lyric. Um
0: I think it's funny that we're obsessed with time itself. Um,
1: It says, if, well, the essential, it says, maybe time running out is a gift. And, uh, well, look, maybe time running out is a gift. I'll work hard till the end of my shift and give you every second I can find and hope it isn't me who's left behind. And I just always thought that was a pretty, that was a beautiful sentiment, sentiment, but the idea behind it is that if we had forever, would any single moment have any real value to us? Because we could, since we have an infinite number of moments, then why would this individual moment feel like anything special? It's just one of an infinite number of moments that we will definitely experience, but if we only have a limited number of moments, then each of those moments has meaning to us True. Has value
0: but I'm okay with other people having all their moments, and I'll be the one with an infinite <laughs> amount of moments like i'm I'm okay with having an infinite amount of moments myself, but like if everybody else had. A certain amount of moments, the world would be more meaningful, but I'll also get to experience everything. Well,
1: oh, you you want only you eternity. <laughs> I'm okay
0: with that. You know, I'm okay but with seeing everybody. I don't think it
1: would be. I, I am too, but I'm just saying. I understand that sentiment, and it and it has an appeal to me as well. That that limited time is has creates value that unlimited time loses. Yeah. On a moment, so each moment packs more value for you um, than it does when it's eternal, because there's no threat there, there's no urgency.
0: It makes sense, but well, we can leave it there. We can let people ponder that thought today. Right. Would you? We didn't
1: even get to uh, Philip Pullman.
0: We haven't yet, but honestly, there's we'll a lot have to of- do. A
1: different episode on that.
0: We do, but if you think about dust and all that shit it's all about the same it's all the same stuff it's all relativity well this
1: is why we were going to discuss it in this one but yeah we just talk too much we do
0: but i'll let you ponder that how many infinite amount of moments would you guys want to have so think about that one absolutely all right see you guys
1: bye matt chris rampant speculation